cover music and life Learn day and night and I grow Over my family so they can thrive Welcome to the Remix the Dead Podcast Hey, how's it going? This is Ryan Greenwood, I'm Remix the Dead How you guys doing today? Um, I hope you guys are having a great week so far I am here with Mr. Ben Kaloy. I, I hope I didn't butcher your name too bad Perfect. Awesome. Hey, thank you, man, for joining us. Um, I've wanted to get you on for a while. Um, our schedule finally came together. Um, man, if you could just tell the audience a little bit about yourself and give us a short, snackable testimony about, about you. Thank you, Ryan. I first met you at the Dad's Edge Summit, where we both commonly uh, met each other. Although I don't think I ever got a chance to give you a hug, though, so I'll definitely well, be on there. I'd let list uh i got a big hug i got a big hug. okay yeah yeah. that's all that matters (laughs) so uh i'm a dad a husband of three kids i live in uh, janesville wisconsin which is just about 45 minutes south of madison i'm a united states marine veteran i served four years uh back right out of high school got out lost myself a little bit got lost in uh, maybe the civilian world of where you should be what you should do and what you should be thinking spent a lot of time overthinking things um, found my first, uh, let's call it, self-help guy in Zig Ziglar. I uh, really just started assimilating a whole bunch of information, but didn't really know what to do with it. Probably spent three years just kind of wandering a little bit, getting a lot of wisdom, but not a lot of action. And it wasn't until last year that I really started working on an idea that I'm now doing today, where I'm now also a podcaster like Ryan. And I stepped into my future life of being a military veteran dad podcast host. So I'm on episode eight, and I'm excited to where it's going. I'm Hopefully, it's going to be leading to me being a stay-at-home dad, that at this stage of my life, I'm 34. The one thing I want most in life is to be a dad, and I'm never going to look back 20 years from now and say that I didn't take the time out to be a stay-at-home dad. And we want four kids, and I want to be that fourth one to, to raise it and not take it to daycare and see it off in the bus every day, see him or her off in the bus every day. And that's where I'm going. Dude. Yeah, man. Uh, well, yeah, when I met you in St. Louis, I just there you had just such a vibe about you. You had just such a such a just a cool presence. And online, where was that cool presence in high school? What? I never had that cool presence in high school. Like, I wish I had did. I I, th- I think it was there. You just didn't realize it. And other people were kind of they 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 had their own uh, ways of seeing things. But man, like I said. <laughs> There was a, such a cool presence about you, and you, you had such an energy about you. But you were, you were, you were, you see, you seemed reserved, which, which I think is awesome that you're doing this podcast now. Um, you can, you can express yourself. You can, you can do really what you want to do, and you can even show your kids, hey, dad's putting it out there on the line. He's being vulnerable, and he's he's helping other people, and giving them permission to to open up and learn and and give the resources to everybody. I'm kind of, I'm, I would like to describe as I'm hacking my own limiting beliefs. So I started with the idea of trying to be a coach, life coach, but I couldn't walk into the idea that I was worth any amount of money that more people were willing to pay. So by hacking it through podcasting, the actual universe will reinforce that idea that I am worthy and will eventually just beat that limiting belief down to nothing left. I'm, I like that. I've uh, my, One of my cloisms I like saying is limiting beliefs are like rubber bands. You stretch them enough, they'll eventually break. So my idea with podcasting, it just keeps stretching it until it eventually snaps. Right on. 
Same here. High five. Virtual high five. <laughs> and, dude, uh, you said the uh, colloisms. Can you kind of touch on that a little bit? Because I, I know what they are, but my audience doesn't know what a colloism is. It, and and they, they, he, he, is like, he is like almost like a Yoda when it comes to life hacks and just life in general. So, so it started at work that I always had this weird way. Sometimes they were just like things I was trying to use to explain things and they wouldn't make any sense. And it actually was born out of a way to say what did make sense. But then they kind of morphed into like, they would just describe it. Ben has these odd ways of explaining things. Some would work, some wouldn't. So they just kind of, there was a guy at work that came up with it called colloisms and I kind of just owned it. And essentially they're just my weird way of putting random events into the same sentence to help them make more sense. Dude, yes, yes. Yeah, I kind of did that this morning on a Dan Zanner's call. Um, they had a, uh, they were talking about kind of like God's timing and like opening one door and closing another. And I told him, I was like, yo, hey, well, maybe this, this one situation, it's kind of like a little kid. God's a parent, we're the kids. Hey, we want that cookie over there. But we didn't eat our broccoli, we didn't eat our carrots, we didn't eat our Brussels sprouts, but we still want that cookie over there. And I want I want that cookie, but we can't have that cookie. We, we may not get that cookie today, we may not get that cookie tomorrow. And th this is talking about kind of what we were talking about earlier with the, like, the jobs. And um, sorry, I, I just went off on a tangent. I'm so, I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> But, uh, I like that idea, and uh, I've realized, I don't know, a few months ago, that uh, if you want a result in your life, that doesn't mean that you're ready to have that result. Just because you desire something doesn't mean you're ready to be there and stand in it. And so the example I've heard is said that if you want to board a ship in the bay, then you have to learn how to swim that bay, which takes endurance, takes strength, it takes training. And once you get through that, you'll get to that ship. But just because you want to be on that ship doesn't automatically mean you're ready to get there. And that's when you got to do the hard work and do things when you don't want to, go to the gym when you don't want to, make those daily deposits in the bank for tomorrow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Uh, how, how do you make those uh, daily deposits for tomorrow? So for me, it started when my pants stopped fitting. <laughs> oddly enough and it was two years ago uh, no it was just last year and I signed up for Chris Hughes's uh, Driven Dad program and that I had a huge gym fail or fear of the gym from the military that I had tried tried and tried to get fit in the military and the Marine Corps is the biggest freaking fit club in the world and it wasn't working for me and so I had just this fear of failure because I already tried to do it and uh, joined that, helped me walk through it. And on the second or third day, I realized that a question I should have been asking myself a long time, which was, what's one thing you can do every day that will change every tomorrow? And I was like, huh, going to the gym. Every day, it's changed, and it will change tomorrow by doing this one thing today. And I was never doing anything like that before. And then a few days later, I was like, huh these are kind of like daily deposits in the bank of tomorrow that they're going to return dividends out of tomorrow that I have no idea, but they're eventually going to build up an ROI that gets me better and better returns. Dude. Yeah. Especially for not only yourself, but your wife and your kids, man. And then also the community that you're, that you're helping out. Cause I know, cause we're both part of a, 
Larry Hagner's uh, dad, Edge Alliance, and just just so much um, just so much growth in there with with men and helping them become better in their community. Uh, how long how long have you been in the alliance? Not too long. I'm almost a relic. <laughs> I believe I found Larry in 2006. I no, maybe 2017. Yeah, 2000. No, 2016. Because I joined his first mastermind that fall, and then that morphed into right at the end of my mastermind. He was starting the alliance, which then got me membership in it. And then I just and I started another mastermind, and then that morphed into just a long term membership in the alliance. So I think I've been in membership for two years. I did take like a six month break, but then going to the summit pretty much reconfirmed that I need to have uh, more men in my life. That tribe. One of the things Larry always says, and I've repeated it on my podcast, is um, men have survived for 2,000 years on this earth in tribes. And the last 200 years, somehow, we thought we could do it alone, and nothing could be further from the truth. Amen, dude, amen. I, I, yeah, that is very true. So we, uh, we, we, we talk music on the show, too. Um, <laughs> and it's not, it's not all just hip-hop or rap. Um I want to say something to you, and I want to say something to the listeners. And this is very hard for me to say. But, actually it's not too hard. I listen, and I am an avid fan of old school country music. So, I, I just had to put it out there. And I, and what I, kind I, of old school? I'm talking... We're talking 90s, 2000s, I'm talking, 80s. I'm talking back to like... Willie Nelson's the uh, shoot even like the, the old Hank Williams not 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 junior but old Hank Williams like mm-hmm. any anywhere between that time to maybe eighties early nineties I, I there's a lot of this new stuff I I can't, I can't mess around with it's it's too poppy for me <laughs> so so but 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 I I told I told Mr Ben that I would come out as a country music fan on his show so <laughs> I'm kind of, I love music but I am the worst kind of music listener because I can rarely name the artist and I can rarely name the title and I can name it maybe if I had the song like playing I could maybe name it but most likely I barely could if you told me oh it's a song like I have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> so with that being said though who would be your go-to uh, band or artist it changes, I would say, depending on the mood, depending on what's kind of like lifting me up of the day. Um, right now, Luke Bryan's Sunrise, Sunset, Repeat uh, really gets me going. Uh, I've started playing it in the morning when, we make, when, we're, when we're cooking breakfast and we'll start dancing in the kitchen to it. And um, There's another one, uh, High Valley is another artist that I've been listening to lately that really has got me excited. A lot of times I like to stay on the edge of new music. I really don't always go back in the past, probably because I burn them out. The <laughs> songs are just burned out in my head that I just can't do them anymore. My Actually, my origin story is maybe a little bit funnier. That um, So I was trying to find a picture so that you could vividly see exactly what I was going to describe you. So I want you to think of a, a boy that was sixth grade, let's say, He's at his grandma's for a birthday party. 
all he wanted was his first boombox. All he that was literally all he wanted. And I'm wearing black pants and a white shirt, just like a white uh, undershirt. And my grandma had this black plastic hat that was in the basement. I was also wearing it. And it's time to open presents. And I'm opening presents. And I open the wrapping paper, and the box is a boom box. And I'm like, yes! I open the box, and my wife's a or my aunt's a florist. And this present, I believe, was was from her. or maybe it's from a couple people, but I open the box and there's a bouquet of flowers inside. And I'm holding these bouquet of flowers up in my hand, just bawling my eyes out. Like you think my, my dog just died like that type of devastating crying. I did get a boom box and that box was one that she bought a boom box just recently with as well, which is what made Frank work. But that, picture has haunted me and I'm always owning it because it's a good picture to share and everybody gets a good laugh at my expense but I'm sorry I'm sorry I, I can <laughs> I can know myself it's you're perfectly fine and uh the boombox I did get had a micro or maybe I bought a microphone but the, I the first two cds I had were Sawyer Brown and Faith Hill so an odd combination but my family isn't the best in music either. So these were what I think the first one was Faith Hill's, uh, I don't know if it was the title of the, the album, but it was one that included Let's Go to Vegas. So between that song and Sawyer Brown, those were like my two first CDs. And I had those in my room and I would have my microphone and I would be singing. And I was even recording like you were doing. I was recording it on the tape, playing it back. That's my origin story. Dude. Not the most normal origin story, but Dude. I'm doing it. That's awesome. Though. That's awesome. Yeah, one of my, one of my uh, one of my favorites was uh, I think I was listening to an old Coolio album, and I I was rapping and to it. I, I grew up with a really bad stutter. I don't know if if you heard that story or not, but I was I was listening I was listening to Coolio and I was rapping some of his lyrics, and there was some explicit content in it, and. My dad was like, "What? What? What are you doing? What are you saying? What are you? What? What's going on?" And kind of like you, I had the little microphone with the boombox and stuff like that. And that's kind of when when mine started. Um, but yeah, those those origin stories when it comes to kids, kind of finding their 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 way and their with with music, is is just awesome. Because I know my daughter, she. Uh, she has her her Disney princess songs, but then she also has a couple of the songs that I, I, I like and I listen to from like Andy Minio, like Christian hip hop artist, and she's kind of figuring out her own way. So, um, My daughter just memorizes the Kid Bop sound alike. So. Do they still have Kid Bop? Oh yeah, there's, I don't know, it's number they're on but there's a bajillion what about what about in our house we we read we a lot we play uh kids bop a lot on netflix so what about um now that's what i call music aren't they on like 400 uh, they are on a big number as well but i mean it doesn't come up too much um and actually the the alexa the one of the best things as a family it's just become a good jukebox for 3.99 to have access to every song that's ever existed and to randomly pull up uh, Ring Around the Rosie and do a Ring Around the Rosie party or to do We Are the Dinosaurs stomping around the house party. Dude. I mean, that's priceless. Dude, yes. Have you um, 
Have you have you heard of the Storybots? I don't think so. They're, they they have a nice little spin, and they, they use incorporate a little bit more hip-hop in theirs, in R&B, and I, I love it. Like I thought Kids Pop was already pushing the envelope. <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think they are. But yeah, the Storybots, they have a lot of, they, they, they incorporate a lot of education in there too. Like they have, they have one episode where it's, um, the planets or they have another episode where it's dinosaurs and they rap about that type of stuff. And my daughter, she, she'll stand around and she'll start rapping, Tyrannosaurus, dude, So it's, it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. So what, uh, What's one? What would be one of your uh, favorite albums that, that you would go to? Favorite albums? I don't really. I've never really fell in love with an entire album, to be honest. I don't know what that makes me, but um, probably because I have. I probably. I don't remember when I stopped buying the CDs. Um, probably when I was in Okinawa, because back then we. I was just starting to get the iPod, and I still had that binder of CDs in my car. But one that kind of comes to memory is there was an Alan Jackson CD that had uh, was the one with Little Bitty on it, and uh, that CD pretty much all of them were a good hit and could listen to almost every song on that. Yeah, I, I think my I think my mom and dad had that that album, but it, it was it was, it was a pretty good. What what year what year did that come out? Do you remember? I feel like two thousand two, maybe. Yeah. I don't know if other it's like this is where I fall off the wagon. I <laughs> am just horrible when it comes to names, even movie stars. I can't remember movies. People can remember quotes and all that stuff. I am not that person. Same Maybe here. one or two quotes I can remember after I've said them three or four times. But so, what would uh, we'll we'll kind of narrow it down with a, with a song. Like, what would be a go to song? Like when you go to the gym that you want to listen to, or or if you want to just kind of get yourself pumped up. What what's that go to song? Pumped up is really doesn't have to be one song. Like generally, if it's like a Windows Down type song, where you, like for me, getting pumped up is like right now it's freezing outside and there's snow on the ground. But in the summer, when it roll the windows down and you just have those those songs blaring that are just good Windows Down music. And I drive the interstate, so there's no worry about anybody caring about what I'm playing. And uh, just in general, just anything upbeat. Uh, there is one question, there one song that I've been recently playing. That if I'm in like kind of like a funk or like my brain's kind of just scrambled with whatever emotions I'm sitting through, um, even then by Micah Tyler has been putting me back together probably at least a hundred times in the last few months. Like there's times I'll just put it on repeat, and listen to it like five times in a row. And who was it again? I'm sorry. Even then, by Micah Tyler. Micah Tyler. Okay. You would love it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't know the exact uh, biblical reference, but it's a quote. There's a reference to a, a book in the Bible um, that the song is based on. Nice. And essentially, it's just kind of like, no matter what's hap- going on through your life, like God's got you, and just let it go. Have you heard that one song? I, I posted about it the other day. It was... Uh... Maybe it's okay. I'm not okay. By We Are the Messengers. Have you heard that one? I don't think so, dude. It... Surprisingly, though, I probably have. I just don't know the name because uh, <laughs> I listen to Christian music on the way to work just to keep myself in a generally good mood. Or if I had a bad day, that'll help put me back together. 
the two. Yeah, after I was told some bad news at work, I I was mad. I was pissed off. I was I I wanted to punch somebody in the throat, and but I was still at peace with it. But then as soon as I got in the car and that song came on, like was it K Love or Way FM or one of those Christian stations? I that song came on and it hit me. It started right at the beginning. And it was like, maybe it's okay that I'm not okay. Maybe it's all right that I'm not all right. But essentially, God, he's he's going to hold me. He, he has me, and I have to, to stay in his peace. So definitely check that one out, especially with love. I'm always stuff. amazed at how those songs pop on the radio. Even just today, like my son home, is homesick today, so I had this whole plan for today. And my son being homesick didn't completely ruin it, but put a dent in it and I was a little bit anxious about just keeping my things I wanted to get done today and I was pulling back from dropping all the kids off this morning and getting ready to pull into the house and my favorite song even then comes on and I was like whoa and even my my son knew that it was my favorite song and he's like daddy it's your favorite song dude yeah God's God's timing with music man is, is just outstanding it's amazing it's a, I, have a, I have a song lyric too it's uh Jesus spoke to me through the speakers just like Bumblebee, transforming into something amazing, just like Optimus Prime. My God is amazing, and he's always on time. And that, I think, just sums up this conversation. It's just, he he speaks to us in so, such uh, crazy and creative ways. It's just, it's, all, it's awesome. Did you write that lyric, or did you? I wrote that lyric. It was back in, shoot, what year was that? Back in 2013, 2013 or 2014, I wrote that lyric with my buddy who has a podcast, um, Anthony's Godly Guidance, and we wrote a song, it's called Sanctify, and it's, it's, it's on the podcast. So if you want to go back, and I, I can send a send a link into the show notes or even in the, on on Facebook if you want to go check it out. So, so uh, man, I, I want to ask you another question. How how do you believe others see you? I believe others see me as a man that like how how does y'all get it done? Because generally, if I start talking about all the things I'm doing, they're like, how the heck do you get it done? And <laughs> For me, I don't necessarily feel like I need more time. I just kind of need more room to breathe sometimes, maybe from taking on too much. Um, I think others see me as a man that's a good friend, an honest friend, that will generally give you feedback whether you want to hear it or not usually. It was maybe even if I stretch it to what they remember is, is hopefully they'll remember as a, as a friend that was always there. I've always kind of been that friend that stepped up when you needed it and if you like I, my best friend's mom died last year and I took off work and I was right there by, by his side at the funeral and that's what I needed to do. And that's where I needed to be. And that's kind of been my theme. I would say is just hopefully that a friend that was always there when you needed him. And how, how do you see yourself? This is an interesting one. And it wasn't till, I got hooked on the Tony Robbins podcast that I really saw this narrative. Um, but there was a question that he was asking during one of his breakthrough sessions. And it was, what story are you telling yourself in your head? And I realized that the story I'm telling in myself in my head 
is that I'm just a dumb farm boy from Wisconsin that won't amount to anything. And that's not a very nice story or a nice thing to tell yourself. Um, and it's not something I would tell someone else. So the fact that I would tell myself it is also just as bad. But in reality, that's where my mind was at. Like I grew up on a farm and that was the mind that that was, I grew up in the country. I didn't have a lot of friends. So I didn't have just that community around me. I didn't have a brother. I'm the middle child. So that caused me to want to seek out other brothers. I lost my identity in that. So in a lot of ways, I see myself, some days I'm, I feel like I'm not enough, which I hate that feeling. Some days I just kind of feel empty, like I haven't really figured out how to always fill up my cup to where I feel charged on my own. But then there's another question that I just started diving into, and it came from a random place that um, Nick Elkins recommended I read, This is Marketing by Seth Godin. And... So I'm reading, listening to it on the way to work. It's a good book. Nothing to do with this podcast, but he was kept talking about something about marketing that people do this because people like me do that. And it hit me that as I was taking a, a selfie this morning to post in the Facebook group at the gym, I realized as I was noticing that my arms were getting bigger and I was like, people like me don't have things that look like that. And I realized that in a lot of ways, I'm almost probably a victim of marketing a little bit that I've been conditioned and marketed and marketing my own life because my mind is my own market or my own direct marketing that I've been marketed that people like me don't do things like that. And that's the constant narrative that I think I've been telling myself for a long time that if I want to be someone else and start doing things and then I need to start acting like people like that guy do things like that. And then I can do things like that. And it's not, it doesn't have to be some limiting mindset of, it's not like people like me don't do those things. So I can't do them either. Like that's a narrative that comes back to that. Just poor dumb farm boy. That's never going to amount to anything narrative that also played, but that's brand new, fresh off the presses. Like I just put that together this morning. Wow, dude. I, I love that. It's because it's so it's so true that we, we we do lose our identity, whether it is being that middle child with and being the only boy and not having uh, brothers or even even boy cousins, because that's that's kind of where I was at. Um, and then also just losing our identity with being a father and a husband. We lose lose that. And then with with work becoming a robot, that's um, just just the fact that you you were able to. And you, and you still are pulling yourself out of that, that, and you, you have brothers now who are help, helping you pull yourself out of that pit is absolutely just, it's, it's an incredible story. And I, and I hope it gives other men hope that you don't have to live this life alone and you can figure out who you are and do life with other awesome, awesome men. And God's going to provide that for you. You just have to, you just have to open up and realize, Hey, I'm okay. I'm enough. Yep. And you an you answered a couple of the other questions that I had. Um, I want to get to I want to get to another question. We're gonna we're gonna kind of spin it to kind of a pre pre conversation we had. Um, so, but I do want to hear a cartoon um, relation though. Um, so you, you, you said you're more into uh, sitcoms. What kind of sitcom 
uh, do you relate with the most? Seinfeld. I knew it. <laughs> so I think it was three years ago, two years ago, I was binge watching all of the Seinfelds over time. And there was a day that uh, my son was homesick and it was one of those sick. I think I was sick as well. So we were all just going to both crash in the couch together. And so I'm just binge watching Seinfeld. And I never really realized it until I watched it the second time of how much personality Kramer and molded on me. Like, just the natural kind of, like, sometimes spazzing out, some kind of just the random way he says things. Like, there was just a lot, and even Costanza, there was, a, like, a lot of those personalities molded onto me without me ever really knowing it. Dude, that's... I, I, I was never a big fan of that show until I got older, so I can I can definitely see it. And I think I think you even posted something in, in, in the Alliance page or even on your own page where you where you mentioned something about Seinfeld, so. And even the new show he has on Netflix, Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee, like, I love that show because it's just kind of, like, real, and, like, when I make it someday to be someone famous, like, I just want to be the guy with the sports coat, jeans, white shirt, and colored tennis shoes. Do it. Do it, man. Like, that's, I feel like that's me. That's not, like, me trying to be Jerry, but I feel like that's me trying to be me. There you go. We're gonna we're gonna bring it back around to uh, the cartoons because because you said you said you can bring up cartoons. I want I want to hear a, a cartoon uh, relation. So I'll say the first cartoon was the Scooby Doo cartoon. That one was probably the very first one, and like Shaggy. Is okay, a I gotta, little I gotta, bit I gotta, I gotta stop you right there. I gotta stop you right there. I have to have you do a, an impression. Can you do an impression? Oh <laughs> no, I don't do. I don't got a good Shaggy impression. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think of anything that I, I don't think I have really any good impression. A lot of Donald Duck is also a little bit of my personality. And, oh, actually, Born probably is Goofy. Like, Goofy is, uh, even watching Mickey Mouse Club with my kids, like, Goofy. I've always just liked Goofy. He's always, his personality always resonated with me. Dude, yeah, Goofy. Goofy. Goofy's a first on the podcast, man. I, I, I like that one. A first goofy on the first podcast. Goofy on the po- I've had I've had Shaggy and Scooby Doo a couple times. I've had Bugs Bunny, um, Larry Hagner was uh, Tasmanian Devil. I don't know if you heard that one or not. Um, I've had a uh, Power Power Rangers. I've had uh, which they're not cartoons, but I've had Ninja Turtles. I've had I've had, I've had a whole bunch, but yeah, first first goofy, first goofy. So. But man, uh, so if somebody was to write a biography about your life, what would the title be? I don't know. I've never really thought about it until you just mentioned it, and I'm just going to speak from the hip here. He didn't always know where he was going, but somehow he ended up exactly where he was supposed to be. I love it. I love it. I'm not sure where that came from, but that just kind of those randomly came into my head. That, who who would read your audiobook? Who yeah who would who'd narrate it? Who'd narrate it? If I if, like so if I'm dead or yeah no not dead not dead not dead you're not dead. Ben I'm not dead. Is not dead, but you just ha- you just have some awesome person that you want. It doesn't have to be famous. It doesn't just anybody. Doesn't really matter who, but I would probably just hire an Australian. So JJ Hewitt, um... <laughs> it, like just that accent. Like I feel if you have that accent, that just um, 
makes anything worth better listening to. I, it would either be like someone with a good accent or myself. Like when books have someone else, like I remember re- listening to Think and Grow Rich and I'm like, God, this audio is horrible. I hate this <laughs> voice, but I'm like, it's Think and Grow Rich. I got to keep going. So like, I don't want to make people have that suffer. So I either like people are either going to like me and it's a book about me. It's kind of like a whole package, I would say. But if I had to pick, I would pick someone with an accent. There you go. David Mee's a good one, too. I, I had him on the podcast uh, recently, too. So hit up, hit up him, too. <laughs> uh, so uh, kind of like a Last Supper situation where, where you have your friends and family or even colleagues with you, what would be your last meal and what would be, yeah, what would be the menu for, for that last meal? going to sound weird but i've only had it once and i really miss it and i've never been able to find it again <laughs> but beef wellington i had it once for a work event i've never had it again but it's absolutely amazing and when done correctly it just tastes magically delicious um i would say for a dessert it would be a raspberry or blueberry pie my grandma made pies all the time and my grandma was at the end of our driveway. So living on a farm, we were about a mile back from the driveway. My grandma built a house at the end of our driveway. So she was always there when I got off the bus. She was essentially like my first best friend. And uh, she was always making pies, always making baked goods. And even to this day, I made a pie for Thanksgiving, and I'm the, the pie guy. Because if, if I don't bring a fruit pie, no one will, and fruit pies are my weakness. Uh, so probably be beef wellington and pie. I'm getting hungry, man. Just thinking about it. I am. I. I. I I'm, I'm going to Vegas soon, and I, I. I need. That's probably the next best place to find a beef Wellington. I need to spend up my game because literally, I've not been able to find it anywhere. It's. It's almost like a, it's a. Uh, it's own pink unicorn. <laughs> Dude, oh, we're getting. And I seen it on Master Chef once too, and that was like the very first time I heard the term beef Wellington. And then when I tried it, I was like, oh my god, it's just as good as they described it. So what, what is it exactly? Um, it's kind of just a, I don't remember the cut of beef, but it's a cut of beef, more like a filet mignon, but it's wrapped in like a, a pastry. So like it's got this breaded pastry on the outside and it's the perfect balancing of baking it versus getting soggy and crispiness and it's just magically delicious. I see you're starting to salivate there a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah. So uh, near the end of the episode, I like... Uh, kind of opening it up for the guests if they have any questions for me uh do you do you have any questions or well you didn't give me that question otherwise i would have been prepping in my head yeah i uh i, I kind of questions have been eating me for ryan greenwood i'll start with a simple one maybe while i come up with a better one <laughs> have you ever considered or how often do you consider shaving your goatee every day Every day? Every day, yes. Because uh, I, I go back and forth with the, with the whole goatee thing. Um, I, I, <laughs> Obviously, I, if you're going through it every day. Because <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't really grow it on the sides very well. Um, but, yeah, it's either shave it or not shave it. And then if I... If How long I, have you had it? Um, past few years. Like I, And then I'll, I'll shave it and then I'll take it about 
take about week week or two to come back to a where it's where it's not where it either don't look like a like baby face criminal or a, or, or a creeper. <laughs> I got a better question. What story do you tell yourself now or in the beginning? This... Now, now, like your life. What internal narrative do you tell you about your own life? Well, what story do you feel like maybe is on repeat? It's a good question. Now, uh, don't listen to a lot of what the world's saying. Um, don't listen to a lot of what, like even the enemy, if if you if you're spiritual, is saying. Um, and no, and I re- remind myself that I am more. I am with with God and the people around me. I'm more than enough. I am. I'm. I'm powerful. But I just have to realize and bring that full potential and just just trust God that's pretty much what I, I my my inner narrative is now is just I just just trust God yeah stuff it may not be okay at this moment but you're, you're going through it for a reason and your story and the the heartaches that you're going through or even the insecurities, or even just just the just the weakness that you're feeling now. It's gonna help you help others. So, um, looking at a bigger picture than just myself, or even the day. Yes, that reminds me of a blog post. So there was when I first started blogging, I wrote I, I was having a little bit of a hard time, and my mastermind challenged me to write a letter to myself. So I wrote a letter to myself, and it said. You are worth it. And it was essentially in the context of a close friend telling that myself, I wrote it by myself, my, to, my, to myself, but it was like, what would a close friend write to me to remind me that I was worth it? And I'm just writing along, and all of a sudden, I, I start, I write something that's probably the most profound thing I've ever written to myself that says, I was telling myself, Ben, early in life, you think that you were bullied and pushed down and not popular and that those things hold you back in life today but early in life people pushed you down so that later in life you could pull people up and i was like holy shit balls batman (laughs) that was just like i was like that just switched every piece of my past into purpose and like now i can see someone's face and i know exactly what that look is because i walked that road and now i can be the hand that helps them back up and that's what i'm doing now even with the military veteran dad podcast is I'm holding out the hand to help dads come home. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, great segue into where can people find the podcast? And also, what do you want people to know about the podcast or even take away from the podcast? What was your what was your dream and your vision for to, to get this started? And, and what was what was the road to get to that point? That's a lot of questions in I one know. question. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, so it's pretty much everywhere. The only place it's not is iHeartRadio. They're a little being stubborn. I don't know what's taking so long, but they haven't approved it. And you can't submit until you have the podcast up for two weeks. So it's everywhere on YouTube, Apple, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn even, which no one listens to, but I submitted to it just for the fun of it. Um, 
it has a simple mission to bring every dad home in the military. So a lot of dads come home, but don't come home physically or they come home physically, but don't come home mentally. And they either check out, they go on autopilot and every episode I start, the first first question is what does it mean for you to come home? Like, and every person kind of gives a different answer, but my major goal is to give one piece of advice or they get some takeaway in every episode that helps them take that first step to coming home because so much of, especially for veterans that the military conditioned us to not talk about our feelings and to internalize what's going wrong and to not reach out to others for help. Those are all considered weaknesses. So that narrative doesn't serve you as a dad. It doesn't serve you as a veteran. It doesn't serve you as a man. And the worst part is what happens is we keep it in. And I was, I'm a victim of this as well, but keeping it in, it internalizes it and in your mind creates it almost as an echo chamber to the point where it gets louder and louder. And then you start believing it's the only word that you can hear. And then in the United States, there's a statistic that people share a lot that 22 veterans kill themselves every day because that echo is the largest voice in the room and it just keeps getting louder and louder until that's the only one they can hear. And a lot of organizations focus on 22 veterans and try to save them all and go one inch deep. I believe it wasn't my initial idea, but as I started writing and creating the podcast, I was like, I believe that's maybe the mistake that I'm only focusing on one of the 22, the military veteran dad. I'm going to go 10 inches deep with that one or a mile deep, hopefully in the end. And by doing that, I'm hopefully going to be able to touch even more veterans and dial into what they need to, to hear and prevent, stop the chain of broken families that grow up without a dad. And even if they don't kill themselves, there's still a lot of on autopilot. And there's stories that I hear that some dads never connect with their kids until they actually, there was actually a general that he never really knew his son until his son joined the military. Because they were at that common thing, like he just his his dad was buried in work and the military, and it's a noble sacrifice in your head, and it's just a giant credit card that eventually comes collecting later in life that you can never pay off. Wow. See, that's man. I, I, I want to connect you with a uh, with a couple guys. Um, there's a couple guys. One guy in the alliance that I want to connect you with because he has a uh, he has a story and he has an idea kind of similar to yours but he wants he wants to help men transition from that in into uh into civilian life and just, and he was telling me that a lot of times it doesn't happen that way uh it's it's very hard and i i can't even imagine but i thank you for your service and i thank you for just being awesome um, transitioning is the next hardest battle that we faced and yeah. it's actually the hardest one that we go through no matter what people did the transition is actually the hardest and i appreciate your time and having me on your show as well i was looking forward to it <laughs> although you never used my rapper name the entire show i'm kind of disappointed well uh, that was coming next with uh <laughs> i'm gonna let you i'm gonna let you say it but then you have to you have to spit some bars for us i'm just kidding what does spit what does spitting some bars mean it means rapping you have to you have to say oh. some rhymes you have to remember, one, I lived on a farm. Two, I lived under a rock. And three, I didn't have my first Chinese food until I was 18 on a military base. <laughs> no. Like, I literally lived in the most closed-off version of the world that you can imagine. No, I'm not, I'm not going to have you rap, but can you, can, you tell, can you tell the world what your rap was? So, rap Ryan asked for my rapper name, 
And I was like, I really don't have one. And somehow in that instant moment, I just went with, I was off the cuff and I came up with uh, Big Hugger B because my name is Ben and I'm a guy that's known for giving big hugs and uh, it seemed to like the, the perfect name to go together. It's perfect. Now that's- and even more better uh, to help dads uh, come home. Everyone needs a hug. Amen, man. Amen. I'm going to, I'm going to use that for the title, big hugger B and yeah, dude. And thank you so much, man, for, for coming on. Um, just, is, is there any, is there anywhere online where people can get a hold of you? Our website is militaryveterandad.com that has the podcast in each episode. And I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, not so much on Instagram, but I do exist on Instagram. Facebook is primarily where I'm at. And if you can't find him, just get a hold of me, and I'll link. I'll link you guys. If up. you, the best part of my podcast is it only has three words, and those three words are SEO friendly, so you can search those three words, "military veteran dead," and find some piece of how to find me. Yes. That was like the best part of my podcast is I spent a month trying to name it, and it was all kinds of complicated. And then at the very end, I came. I think it was I heard like uh, most valuable, most, very important person MVP. And then it hit me. I was like MVD, military veteran dad. And then I could even do like most valuable dad. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. And I was like, it's super simple. I don't have to explain it. And I've had lots of ideas, but I always had to explain it. And if you have to explain it, it doesn't make sense. How, how, long, did it, how long did it take from that initial idea for the podcast for it to finally come into uh, reality? So I went to a military influencer conference in September. And there I met with people and kind of stepped into my reality. Like the best advice I could give anybody that was trying to figure out what to do with online or in their life is you can't figure out what you want to do online. You got to go into real life. You got to connect with people. You got to connect with your niche and you just got to feel it and feel what that energy is like. Um, most people have heard in this space, if you're listening to podcasts, you're the average of the five closest people. But I took that in a different way that you're now that you're the average of the five closest energies around you and you have to seek out that energy and if you go to your own niche that that energy will help get you clear so from that i was at the end of september i pretty much wrote my business plan on the on the plane ride home i came up with the i have this big mind map on my on my uh dad's ed tracker that uh i came up with the bring every dad home mission and then from there i worked starbucks weekends at 5 a.m for about three hours on Saturday and Sunday, come home and then be dad afterwards. And I did that right up until January 1st. And so I was, I could have gone faster and I could have launched sooner. And I started recording episodes in like November, but I was very diligent that I was going to create something that made me a stranger from the people I was trying to connect with my family. So I was very diligent and went slower and methodically did it some days I probably could have did it faster, but I had some other things going on at work and I was like, I'm just not going to burn myself out to do more than I can. And it'll launch when I say it launched. And that's when I felt comfortable. And so about three months on a slow man's six hours a weekend, figuring things out and connecting with the right people. Man. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely God's timing and it, and it, and I'm glad you did take your time because it's well worth it. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm just, even as I grow the podcast, I'm being yeah. very deliberate. Like these first 12 weeks, I'm working on just the systems to produce it. The next 12 weeks, I'll figure out what the audience needs, maybe what create something. I'm not sure how, but freedadcourse.com 
was available, so I purchased it. So I'm going to launch something there in the future. Um, and then, like, in the second half, after I've got all my systems in place to keep producing content consistently, find guests, then I'll move into some of the other areas. But I'm being very diligent on not moving faster than I've got the systems built to handle what I'm doing. Um, in Gold Star families, where the families don't, where the dad was died in battle, um, authors that maybe not military tied as well do the. I don't necessarily want to restrict to military people. I, just because it's not military doesn't mean it's that they don't have good advice. So exactly, man. Um, do you, uh, I got a question for you? Uh, when when off the air or on the air? On the air. On the air. Um, did uh, did you did you ever when when people come up to you and and and, and say thank you? And that they appreciate your service. How does that make you feel? Like, does that? Because I, 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 I see, I see guys at the grocery store all the time. They have their veteran hats, or they have their military mm-hmm. hats on, and I make it an effort each and every time I see them, especially when I'm with my daughter, to go up and say, "Hey, thank you for your service. I appreciate you." How does, how does that? make you feel like when people do that this is actually a, a that's not like a hot topic but i've seen it debated in the military community quite often because most military don't consider it anything noble and we don't consider anything special um and so initially sometimes they would rather not be associated with the military depending on what happened that they've just compartmentalized it for me i would say it's either here nor there I would say for the first like eight years though, I would rather not have been associated as a Marine. Like it just was like the stigma in my head and it wasn't something I enjoyed. This is in the last probably two years, I've kind of turned around and walked fully into it and embraced it and connected with the community and worked through those issues of why I wasn't. But I've also heard for like a veteran that maybe doesn't want to hear it. Like as a civilian, what you aren't able to do and what we do there's a gap of guilt and for us to rob you of that ability to kind of just show some gratitude for what we did and that you weren't able to isn't necessarily kind for us to throw in someone's face either so i've learned to just accept it and almost as like a gift from that from me to them like okay i'll accept your your gratitude it doesn't really do much for me i would say um but in in the end it's it's almost more for them because that allows them to work through what they're working through okay yeah or just to feel grateful for it or to say that they did and recognize that it's there yeah but most veterans don't really care <laughs> i'm sorry i shouldn't have laughed at that but uh uh because i i was i was close i was i had all my paperwork filled out i was about ready to join the army and because I, I wasn't there wasn't much going on in, in my life and I was living in my parents basement just drinking and smoking every day and just just being a wild and crazy guy and then God was like no I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this wo- woman in your life um, so I I've always had that appreciation for those people that could go over there and or and, and did go over there and fight 
and, I, and I've seen. I never actually went to Iraq, so I was I spent almost all my time in Okinawa. So okay. I even have just like maybe battle guilt where I never actually did what everybody else did. Okay. It wasn't my own choice to go to Okinawa, but that's where I served three years of my life or my term. Um, I did places over there. I went to Korea, Philippines, Australia, but I never did what everybody else did. So I have my own guilt that I deal with as a veteran that I didn't do what they did. Okay, yeah. And I actually was almost going to, I was a day away or a week away from going to the Air Force. And uh, my, uh, our recruiter had a bouncy house at the church picnic that year. And my mom wanted to make sure I was exploring my options. And I didn't, I crossed the Marines off because I didn't want to be a grown. I didn't want to shoot stuff up. And so she, I go, she goes over first. I go over. Next thing you know, I'm talking to him in the guidance counselor's office on Tuesday, and two weeks later, I'm raising my right hand for the Marine Corps. Wow. Well, do you... Uh... I almost did it because I was afraid to tell him no. <laughs> That's You just answered the question. I was going to be like, uh, so did you have any second thoughts or anything like that? But yeah. No. I was the least likely person to go to the Marine Corps, and it was an uphill battle through... I mean, I wasn't mentally tough in the boot camp. I broke down a couple times and cried during boot camp. But in reality, it kind of, before I knew it was what it was doing, it was kind of peeling back the onion of the person that I was meant to be. And I got out not because I didn't like the military or the Marine Corps. I got out because I felt the Marine Corps was going to hold me back. How, how so? Like was, I don't really know at, the, at that moment. I just knew I had this feeling like I was meant for bigger things, and I couldn't shoot or run. And those are two things to get promoted faster or at least good. And... Um, I just always knew that those were going to be measured against something that I wasn't good at, wasn't going to help me get promoted or make more money or move up the rank structure. And I just had this feeling that there was more for me to figure out about my life than doing the same thing every day. How, uh, so I had no idea what it meant at the time. I'm getting closer to knowing what it means now, but um, I think you mentioned in your pre-questions, but you didn't ask it. Um, one of the things I, I do to help get myself out of a funk is I know who I want to be. I want to be a speaker, motivational speaker on these topics or really any topic. And joining Toastmasters has really allowed me to touch that future. So one way that I get out of my funk is I figure out ways to touch the future version of myself, even if it's only for an hour, twice a month. And that fills me up like nothing else. Like being able to go find a place where you can step or watch or anything connected to what you want to do in your future life. That's really where I get recharged. There you go. There you go. What uh, what what kind of legacy and example do you want to set for your kids, especially with with your background and, and with the the, lip, the the old limiting beliefs plus trans, transitioning into the the new Ben, the new the new I'm going to just say it badass that, that you that you're becoming. <laughs> um, yeah. How do you, how do you want your kids to? I'll answer two questions. Your question of what's the last words that I would say and this question. <laughs> so growing up, having the feeling of not being enough, not being accepted for who I was, trying to continue to be someone else that high school people needed you to be, to be popular or even have friends. Um, the last words in my legacy even would just be, I wanted them, my kids to know 
that they're enough. Like I'm always talking to my daughter and I'm saying, if someone calls her mean, I always ask her, do you think you're me- it was mean what you did? And she's like, no, well, that's all that matters. Your opinion of yourself is the only one that really matters at the end of the day. So I want them to know that they're enough and whatever they believe of themselves, that's the version they need to see, not what everybody else says around them because they will say things that aren't true. And the, the legacy is one where that people just that my family led with kindness. I believe in heart centered leadership and focusing on the people first, even in business and life. And I want to know that they reached out and touched those lives. Like there's a, a speech that I heard at Toastmasters and it, I pass it on to my daughter that uh, be the rainbow to someone's storm. So I've taught my daughter to be the rainbow on to someone's storm when they're having a bad day, when they're not, when they're not, no one's being their friend, go over there and give away a rainbow because pot of gold the reason why you can't find it is because it's someone else coming into your life and so to be that pot of gold for someone else is you got to be the rainbow so I've, I've taught her kindness through rainbows and somehow it's worked she understands it and we talk about who she gave a rainbow away whether it's a double rain, double double rainbow or a single rainbow that they just led with kindness my wife always says like I don't care whether my kids are smart I just want to know that they're kind dude I, I, I love that I don't care if my kids are smart. I just want to know they're kind. Oh my gosh! I can can we put that on a t-shirt? Let's, let's put that on. A my t-shirt. wife's in the t-shirt business. I should probably tell her that. Dude, is, is your wife really in the t-shirt business? Yeah, we got a whole operation downstairs for vinyl t-shirts. Can I? Uh, yeah. How did she get into that? I, that's a whole different story but I because that's that's awesome I, 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 ugh, that's actually something I wanted to get into myself um, but no dude let's let's make t-shirts you make t-shirts and just just send me one <laughs> so well all right man well uh, I, I, I really want to respect your time and thank and just thank you so much for coming on uh, it's, it's, it's been a blast and if there's anything I can do to help you with, with, with your podcast, your, your operations, just, just let me know. And if you, if you have any last words for the, for the audience, uh, you, you can share them now. I would say my parting piece of advice is I'm always open for conversations. Two years ago. I told myself if I want a result in my life I've never had that I need to do something I've never done, and that was friends. And so I started with dads at the park talking to strangers, and I'm a little bit addicted to it. But I encourage more to talk to strangers, and I have the mindset that I'm always one conversation away from something amazing coming to my life, and I'm going to miss the shots 100% of the time I don't take. So I'm always looking for conversation because that one person you've been waiting your entire life could be the one standing you next in the grocery line. But you'll never know if you don't start the conversation. So keep talking. I'm more than willing to talk to anybody that wants to have a conversation about anything and uh, talk to strangers. <laughs> but don't get in their white van if they offer you a... Uh... Don't get in their white van with candy. <laughs> or ice cream. Bunch of creepers. But uh, all right, man. Thank you so much again. I appreciate you coming on. And best of luck. And I'm praying for you and your, your awesome podcast and your awesome mission. I appreciate your support as well. You've been a uh, avid follower and fan. And I'm I'm, try- I'm just trying to get the word word out for local brothers, man. Just I, I love small projects and I love small business and I want I want to see them I want to see them grow. So uh, and like like I tell a lot of people, hey, I just I I just, I just want to 
nurture and, and help y'all. So, but thank you guys so much, Ben. Thank you. You have a great day. And I'm Remix the Dad. This is Ben Kiloy, and we're out. <laughs>